0: The holidays are upon us. It's exciting. It means twinkle lights, sugary treats, and forced proximity with people you don't necessarily want to be around. Yay! (laughs) Before we dive in, I just want to remind you that my book, Becoming Future You, Be the Hero of Your Own Life, is now available. Woo! You can get an ebook copy or print copy at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Apple, Google Play, wherever it is that you get your books, you can get my book. I'm so excited for you to read this because this book, just like all the content I try to deliver, is all about you, right? Just like my podcast, my newsletter, the free guide that you can download from becomingfutureyou.com. It's all about helping you figure out what your version of a meaningful life is going to look like. It's about figuring out what you enjoy, your desires, and understanding that those are meant to be guideposts to lead you on the journey of your version of your most authentic life. It's different for all of us, and that's why I'm so excited to have this book and the companion journal because it's gonna allow you to answer questions and go deeper into the topic than we're ever able to do in just a single podcast episode. So I hope you'll run out. No, wait, you don't have to run out. It's what the internet is for. (laughs) I hope that you will get your copy. Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash book and get your copy today. And after you read it, contact me and let me know what you think. All right, let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside you, and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. That's why today on the Becoming Future You podcast, I have two very special guests that I'm very excited about. I have the ladies from the Crappy Friends podcast, also <laughs> known as New York Times best-selling author Kristen Higgins and USA Today best-selling author Joss Day. Hello. Welcome, ladies. Yay! I'm so glad you're
1: here. Thank you for having us, Mel.
0: We're very excited. (laughs) So real quick, how did you two start your podcast? I know the story, but, you know, let's assume everybody doesn't know the story. So what brought you to start Crappy Friends?
1: Kristen said, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, I think think it was laziness because we we were going to write a book. Basically, we were obsessed with female friendships We, without knowing it we both went through a horrible friendship experience at the same time yes. and then like one dark and stormy day <laughs> we were on the phone and we admitted to each other i yeah i said something like yeah i just i just had a breakup in a friendship and she's like oh my god me too and i haven't been able to talk about it so we started talking about it for you know it became such it's such a common theme running through women's Mm -hmm. lives is this I have a complicated friendship with another woman and this isn't how it's supposed to look and I don't know what to do and um so we talked we just would come upon it we were at the time it kind of in a difficult situation with a mutual friend and um you know, we went through all this. It was horrible. We, we were bad friends. She was a bad friend. Um, it was a crappy situation. <laughs> and then um, rather than write a book right away because of laziness and other <laughs> obligations, <laughs> I, I said, let's, let's do a podcast. Like I, I think I could just hit record and let's just talk about what we always talk mm-hmm. about. Right. Um, and then we started getting letters from people. So, um, so that it just became really something really fun to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think one of the things that I like about it is that it, it feels when you're listening, you feel like the third party in the room. It's just that you don't get to exactly chime in, but you could be chiming in. Like I'm out walking this dog (laughs) that's sleeping behind me. And I'm like, yes, that I know what they're talking (laughs) about. I know what you're talking about. And it's just, it's so, no one could ever doubt that you two are having fun when you're recording it. I think that's one of my favorite things about it. And if I were to encourage anybody to listen to it, when you listen to it, you'll think, they seem like such nice people. They are. It's not (laughs) fake. (laughs) Very nice. It's true. Lazy. Yeah, I think I'm very nice. I would encourage you not to say lazy, efficient, were you being efficient
1: um, with your time? Oh, creative with our time? Creative, yes. Creative <laughs> creative with our time. And we did write the book, mm-hmm. actually. So yeah. there is, uh, your holidays are upon us, as you said, Mel. So listeners, uh, it, this is a great book. I really wish someone had given me this manual when I was about 12 and saved me 40 years of yeah. not knowing what to do with, with <laughs> friends who didn't you know, quite lift you up in the right way so it's a it's a great gift, I would say ages twelve to ninety eight. Um, yeah. we get a lot of letters from people of all different ages. it's It's really kind of a universal chick thing, right?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. With the predominating question being or thing I think people take away is that you actually can say no
0: to something.
2: Yeah, which you don't know in terms of friendship. You don't feel like you can do that you know we've known each other for so long she was a bridesmaid at my wedding
0: yes how often have you heard that one or she you know she showed up at this time when I was really having a hard time and because she did that one thing 20 years ago that was amazing right somehow she gets a pass on anything (sighs) that happens in the future right right yes Yes. and And I I I think one of the things don't go ahead I I think that
1: um just the idea that we're allowed to, to not get rid of friends, you know, we're not calling a hit on anyone. You know, no, one, no one's going to the East River here. Um, but, but that you're allowed to let them fade. And, um yeah, and put your energy towards other people is not a message. We women hear that often, with with other women, with men, you know, we have so many books about how to rank a relationship and what you're getting out of it and how to you know step back and step in and lean forward and you know um but but for women dealing with women and and friendship is so important to to most women that we know there was there was nothing so we really did feel kind of like pariahs when this happened like what's wrong with me yeah. my friend ditched me or i finally you know, pulled the plug on this friendship and I feel horrible about it. I must be a monster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh yeah, I think it's it's a way of clearing space for the other people who make you feel um, your better self. Yeah. And that's also really important, you know, to surround yourself with good people, not just like people who don't break
0: the law, but... Um, <laughs> That's a pretty low bar. Yeah. (laughs) When was the last time the cops were, do you have a mugshot? Right. When did you get out of prison? Um, So,
1: but just, you know, uh, as you said, someone did something great for you once. Are you obliged to see them three times a year, even though you're suffering through all those encounters? Um, It doesn't take away from that great thing they did or the fun you had as children or in college or in the wedding party. But it doesn't, it's not like a lifelong shackle that you need to right.
0: stick with. Well, and one of the things we talk about a lot um, in the Becoming Future You podcast and in my book is, is you're constantly becoming a different version of yourself. Yeah. And that version of yourself that you were in sixth grade or when you were 26 is not the same as the version that you are now, which means that person, you know, you have some friendships where they grow along with you. And the version of themselves that they grew into also still meshes and aligns with the version you grew into. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm
2: -hmm,
0: And it's really hard, I think, to not feel like you're leaving somebody behind. Like I grew and she didn't. Oh, look at me. I'm so special. Really, it might just be you grew in different directions. Mm -hmm. Or it might be I grew and she didn't. And it's okay And to step away from that relationship. Right. It might be that she grew and you
1: didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the one who's sort of clinging on to this history that you had together, and this feeling that, but we were high school friends, you know. Right. Um, why are you just answering my texts so briefly? Why don't you give me more? And it's really hard to take a look in the mirror and say, "Well, she's just not that into you." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. And and she's telling you, you're just not listening. Mm-hmm. And again, like I've experienced both. I think most of us have. Yeah. you know, being the friend to step away and being the friend who's left. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And I like that you guys get questions from people who sometimes say, am I being the crappy friend? Yeah. Right. And you're willing to answer that honestly. And, and what I've found just like anecdotally and listening, a lot of times the ones who are saying, am I the crappy friend? The answer is no, you just feel bad about the, where the relationship is going. And the ones that are like, why is she being such a crappy friend? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the answer is, honey (laughs) let's talk about you for a minute (laughs) right
1: (laughs) those are those are usually the the ones that as the hosts we have the most fun with you know when Mm -hmm. it's when it's a person who has a lot of self-knowledge and awareness um you know we we just basically affirm what they already know and kind of give them permission that yeah this happens it's okay for you to make these choices about how you spend your time and with whom and uh, but when we get that person who's like isn't she awful um <laughs> that's the one where you know yeah. we we try to be gentle joss always says lead with compassion mm-hmm. yeah, i do that's true but and, sometimes it's hard you know
2: <laughs> sometimes people are you just want to say honey it's you it's definitely you to hear this you don't want to know it's you. You're the one making the neighborhood terrible. You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But, but, it, but it, you know, It's a good mirror. Right. You know what I mean? It's what they're asking for is an outside perspective mm-hmm. and an outside perspective. That's um, so far outside. They're never going to run into you. You never going to run into them. Right? right. You know what I mean? Sometimes you want that perspective. It's dear Abby, right? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. You want the perspective of somebody who's an um, an expert in the field or at least willing to talk about the things that went well, things that didn't go so well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, so one of the questions I have for both of you is what would you say is something that past you did that wasn't so great in friendships and cause repercussions that you weren't necessarily looking forward to, you know, there's some of those friendships that kind of drifted apart or needed to, you talk a lot about the friendships you needed to let go, um, and that first friendship that was that brought you two together and and created the podcast and birthed the book. Um, but is there something you can pinpoint that if you could go back in time and go to past Joss or past Kristen and say, "This is the moment. This is the thing you need to watch." This is there anything that you can think of that you could? advise past you in? I think
1: um for me it would be stop dismissing the red flags mm-hmm. because I want to be that person that can be friends with everyone. And that statement alone is ridiculous. You know <laughs> you can't be you shouldn't be but that's kind of how I was brought up of like be nice yeah. to everyone. Everyone is a good person, you know, and you really have to get kicked in the head a few times before we'll acknowledge like, okay, maybe this isn't healthy. So for me, it was, you know, when someone comes to you and they have like maybe um, terrible marital problems that they love talking about and never fix, or they have a long line of ex best friends who stabbed them in the back, according to them, or, you know, they, um, maybe have like an, an active addiction problem that they're not acknowledging, you get to be discerning and say, Mm -hmm. perhaps I don't want to get involved too deeply with a person who clearly has so much going on that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'll just be pleasant here and not give them my phone number and, you know, take their calls.
0: (laughs) And is is that something that you would say now that like present you does that future Kristen's going to reap the benefits of not having to clean up?
1: Yeah, I mean, it took a damn long time,
0: right, (laughs) Joss? I mean, we like, like,
1: I can't believe we're this old and we're still dealing with this. Um, But I do think that the kind of reflection that we both have done about friendships has definitely kind of cleared cleared the room a little bit so that the people who are left are those really good friends that you can count on and hang out with, and, and you you know that they really enjoy your company and value mm-hmm. you as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. What um, about I, you, Joss?
2: Um, I think I would tell myself um, that you can't fix everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that about men, but I didn't know that about women. and. Yeah. Even though those I could see those red flags, you know, you are have that trail of corpses behind you of all the friends, even though I could see all of that, <laughs> somehow I'm different. I'm better, and I can yeah. fix her and make her better, mm-hmm. and so that I would tell myself that you can't fix men, you can't fix anyone, you can't fix anyone.
0: And is yeah. that something that you're able to put into practice now, or is that something you're still working on?
2: Oh, no. I mean, like, Kristen, I'm able to sort of discern the red flags early mm-hmm. on and just take a beat before I dive in and offer my services and be wide open, you know, uh, be vulnerable with this person and wide open to helping. I'm sure I'll do this. Sure, I'll do that. Um, so I'm much more discerning.
0: Yeah,
1: but I now. think, you know, we both also have the friend that. um you know, we know we can't fix, but we can't help trying because they have so many other qualities, you yes. know, and, and that's okay too. You know, you're, if you're aware that this person will never change and you're going to hear the same story for the next two decades um, and you're okay with that because they are funny and kind and generous and, you know, right. handy sure. around the house or whatever, <laughs> right. um, you know, it's, it can be worth it. We're not looking for perfect people. Right. No, I mean you
2: certainly have to do a risk assessment and see, you know, can I? Are these red flags that red, or are they kind of mauve? Are they, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. no, they gradients kind of,
2: like of red? Think, are they gradients? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Is it a big flag, or is it just like a little? Is it small? Is it a
2: radial flag, or is it a really neat? I mean, you just have to make that risk assessment and see how much you're willing to put in. But you know, back in the day, I didn't even, I wasn't even conscious of being able to do something like that. I saw these red flags as not something to be aware of, but, you know, they were very interesting and mm-hmm. you know, fascinating and my gosh, I could analyze that with you to death, right? And uh, nothing that actually affected me, really, in the end. Right. Yeah. Sort of, so, I mean, but of Challenge course,
1: accepted, it right? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you've never had a good female friend? challenge accepted. Here I am. (laughs) No one can call me a bad friend. You know, (laughs) months later, they're saying you're a horrible friend. Right. Right. You didn't take my call at 3am, you know,
0: (laughs) and you're questioning, am I a horrible friend? I (laughs) went into this friendship knowing I was a great friend. Yeah. What What happened?
2: Exactly.
0: So you two talking about risk assessment. One of the things we talk about with becoming future you is this idea of being intentional, With Mm -hmm. your time, Kristen said, you know, when you let go of bad friends, you or crappy friends, you make space in your life for the kind of friendships you want. What Mm -hmm. kind of, how would you two define, you know, what a good friendship looks like for each of you? And if, like, we call this the five-star version of future you, what are your five-star friendships? Go for
2: it, Jess. I'm thinking. I mean, Kristen is a five-star friend, five and a half stars.
0: Ooh, whoa.
2: (laughs) Hold up, hold up. We only
0: go to five stars. What makes her her that way?
2: Yeah, I think it's because we've been friends long enough. She knows me. We've both been in a lot of therapy. So we are, (laughs) right? Um, (laughs) We are able to sort of not barge in on someone who doesn't want to be barged in upon, but like read those signals and read those signs and be very conscious, compassionate. Um yeah, I think that's it. She we we've been friends for you watched my kids grow up. That's true. That's that's how um, I think of you. That, you know,
1: basically true. my children's aunt.
2: Right. And in that time we've sort of and we talk about this on the podcast in the book also is sort of slowly circling around each other and getting to know each other really well. Um, That's sort of hard to do, you know, the Insta friendships. I don't know that that's something that you can do that way. Um, So ideally a really good friend for me is someone who knows me really well. Someone who knows me so well that if I were to be hit by an Amazon truck and laid up in the hospital for two or three weeks and unable to speak, Kristen would be able to pick out the Netflix shows that I would
1: want to watch. Mm. That's mm. Absolutely true. Yes. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Like that. And yeah. I mean, we have known each other a long time. We had, we did. I well, think hold hold on, were...
0: Kristen. What rating would you give Joss? Because oh, she gave you five absolutely. and a half stars. Five and a half as well. Great. Um, so make what, sure we're on the same page. I want to break up this friendship. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I what I love about Joss, you know, she she and I have a very similar sense of humor, so we get very silly together. Um, we both enjoy a lot of the same things, like eating, <laughs> watching dark television shows. Yeah. Um, we both like to travel, um, but. I think one of the things that I love most about you, Joss, is that you never make me feel that, you know, like, hey, you have first world problems and um, cry me a river kind of thing. Like, you are very kind with me and and not everybody, like, if I say something about my career, I have a great career, I have a, a uniquely great career, I'm very lucky. But it's not, it's not always easy. And there's only a few people you can talk to about that. And and you're one of them. Oh, um and um I think that when we became friends, we were both coming off from being burned by another friend. So we were very cautious with each other. It's like, I like her. We met through a writing group. I liked your your writing style. And we kind of like we were very pleasant to each other. We took time getting to know each other, and it just it just very organically grew i remember um do you remember this i had this speaking engagement and um it it ended and then my husband was supposed to pick me up but he got stuck because like a bridge went up for a boat or something and i i was standing awkwardly in the host's driveway just, <laughs> just sitting there waiting and so i I took out my phone and I I pretended to call Joss. And then I was like, wait a minute.
0: I I probably can't
1: call call her. (laughs) It it was pretty early in the friendship. And so I said, hi, I was just pretending to talk to you. And then I figured I might as well like do the real thing. And I told her about how awkward it was. She was laughing and laughing. It was so good to have someone to talk to to kind of like ease the pain of standing there for 45 minutes. You're like the
0: kid who got forgotten at school. (laughs) Always. (laughs) If you're ready to achieve your big dreams, it's time to join my DIY coaching program and accelerate your progress. What's that? You want to know how a coaching program can be do-it-yourself? I'll tell you how. A coach's job is to ask you questions and help you figure out what's going to work for you while also teaching you methods for overcoming your roadblocks and creating a future you're going to love. There's no one-size-fits-all solution. That's why I designed Unlock Your Five Star Future the way I did. I created eight weeks of video lessons to handle the teaching part and over 100 pages of worksheets to ask you all the right questions to help you uncover your potential, unlock your motivation, Find your focus and achieve your dreams. It's all about you. The best part is you can get started right now and work at your own pace. You'll pay once and get lifetime access. What are you waiting for? Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash unlock to join now and start living your version of your best life. All right. So we want to talk about navigating challenging relationships at the holidays. Ah. And the reason I brought you to here is because I love you did crappy relatives, like mm-hmm. in addition to crappy friends, you did crappy relatives. And the thing about the holidays is, even though we one of the things I talk about a lot is you always have a choice, right? You don't have to go to the family function. You don't it's a choice. No one's making you No one's going to come physically drag you there. Probably. Let's just say usually you have a choice.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But sometimes you choose to go because you think future you is the kind of person who would attend that. You know, there's going to be great things you're going to get out of it. There's going to be some points of enjoyment. There's also going to be some points of friction. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring you to here to talk about I want to throw some scenarios at you, okay. basically. I asked, I, I my friends and I had fun coming up with these. But so let's imagine that this is the, you know, big family function and it's an all-day event. You know, it's the marathon event. You're there for the long haul. The meal gets like... I'm from a big Catholic family, so the meal gets served at noon and then the food sits out all day. And for some reason, this is the one time of the year that you think it's still safe to eat at 8 Mm -hmm. p.m. It's Mm -hmm. no wonder I get a stomach ache every single year, (laughs) every year. I call it Christmas stomach. So anyway, okay, so let's say you're at the big family event. First scenario. Uh, a bad thing has happened in my life and I don't want to discuss it, but I'm afraid everyone is going to want to discuss it. For example, I used to be engaged and now I'm not engaged.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you handle it?
1: Are you talking about actually people saying, so what happened about what your What happened with your engagement? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they are bringing it up. They're bringing it
0: up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, me, ma, uh, yeah. Or lover. Well, or,
2: absolutely bring that up. Yeah.
0: yeah. Jo- okay. Let's say it's Joss's uncle. Josh.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you handle that?
2: Well, um, what I've been doing for a few years now is a, setting some really strict boundaries with my family. So um, if they ask me something like that, old Joss would have been very defensive. Today, Mm -hmm. Josh says, I'm not interested in talking about that. And they let it go because they're not used to that kind of firm boundary for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you are in your massive family eating all day long and you have not set those boundaries, I would come up with a plan knowing that your uncle is going to ask you really embarrassing questions about how you're going to handle it. Write it down, write a script, and in the end, be prepared to get up and walk out if people aren't respecting
1: it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say drive your own car. Yeah. Ooh.
0: <laughs> that's always a good strategy. I love driving my own car everywhere. So, Do you want a carpool? No. And, <laughs> so, I
1: agree with Jess, you know, you the person brings up the painful subject and you know, it kind of depends how they bring it up. Like, Jess, I'm so sorry that you called off your engagement, but I'm sure you had your reasons. That's one thing. It's like, mm-hmm. what? You're not getting married. I was really looking forward to that wedding. Mm-hmm. That's I already sick. bought your. That's yeah. when you you do get to say, I'm really not comfortable talking about it right here. Right. But thank you for your concern, Uncle Tony. Would you like some more cranberry sauce? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, saying something like that again is something I think a lot of us women have had to learn that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Just because he's your uncle, you don't have to say, oh, okay, well, I, I have to tell you then. Um, and I always believe in a statement with a period. You don't keep yes. talking about it. I'm not comfortable talking about that with you, Uncle Tony. Mm-hmm. And you stare into his cold, dead eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, with I your think... own cold, dead eyes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I think that's a really important... Um, tip, I want to make sure I highlight that though, because one of the things that I learned, um, when I moved to the South was that you couldn't say no with an explanation of anything. Like if I was asked to do something, I'd say, no, thanks. I don't have time. Right. And they'd immediately tell me how little time the thing was going to take and it'd be mm-hmm. fine. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to, to lean into the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Thanks mm-hmm. for thinking of me. No, thank you. hmm Right. And then you just let the awkwardness breathe mm-hmm. knowing they're going to give up before you do. Yeah. It is easier to
1: be a Yankee because we don't <laughs> mind that. Yes. You know, one-word I, answers? <laughs> yeah, I do agree. We are, it's much easier to be up here and say no. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I,
1: and you don't have to explain, I don't have time or I, I hate that church. I don't want to volunteer. it. you can just say, oh, I'm sorry. I won't be able to do that. And if they're like, well, we really need you. It's like, so sorry. I won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, if you have to repeat it a couple of times, if they said, well, why not? You could say, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry, mm-hmm. but I won't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Don't, don't fall into the trap. Right. My instinct is to say, because I don't want to. <laughs>
1: Are
0: I mean, again, I don't. Don't. it would I fly don't. up here.
1: Yeah.
0: You <laughs> do that You can do that I feel, like, yeah. I feel like I'm Karen from Will and Grace sometimes. Like I got here as soon as I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great role model. She really, really is. <clears throat> okay. So let's say at the big family event, and this is a situation where you want to talk, but nobody's talking let's mm. say you've been through something traumatic and I'll just go ahead and say, I've had a traumatic year. We had multiple losses. Um, and one of the things that has been really interesting to me is who's reached out to check on me and who has not. Mm. And I don't necessarily think it's a matter of caring um, who cares and who doesn't, because I think sometimes the people who care won't reach out because they think you've forgotten
1: yeah, and they
0: don't want to be the one to remind you. <clears throat> but let's say you're going to this big family event and you would very much like to talk about whoever right. you lost. Right. Um, how do you start that kind of conversation with a loved one, but not necessarily a Kristen Joss best friendship?
1: Mm. I do would you, say, do, go ahead, Joss. Um,
2: well, my mom's a big old gossip mm. and, so what I might do is call her beforehand and say, Mom, I am going to be okay talking about this at Thanksgiving, um, even with Uncle Bob, who will very rudely ask me or say something like, you're not getting any younger. Um, I am ready to talk about this. And she will let everybody know. And then you'll come into the event and everyone's already prepped. Because, prepped. Yeah, there are prepped. Oftentimes, I think when you have really... <laughs> Difficult news like that, people are afraid. It's like going to a funeral. They're not sure if they should go. They're afraid if they should go. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to say. No one knows what to do. Um, and I think when you have difficult news like that, people are in the same situation. So if you can find
1: a gossip in your family
2: <laughs> to spread it around that you're okay.
1: Yeah, having, it, having an ally would be great. Um, yeah. I actually had a Thanksgiving um, years and years ago where I had just lost a baby and it was horrible. And mm-hmm. um, and Thanksgiving was like three days later. Mm-hmm. And I thought I can either stay in my tiny apartment by myself and be miserable, or I can go to my mom's and and have Thanksgiving and just kind of like rip the band-aid off. Everyone mm-hmm. in my family knew. And um, it was really hard to walk in that day and, you know, have all the sympathy of the family wrapped around you when you're feeling so raw and so sad but it was inevitable
0: right mm-hmm.
1: and I felt like let's get that over with yeah. I think that you can you can bring it up maybe if if you want to get it out there right from the start say wow this is our first holiday without Hank and I am really feeling his loss mm-hmm. um, and I know everybody here misses him as well yeah yeah And then you give everybody the opportunity to talk about it. And it doesn't have to be like, please don't talk to Kristen. She's really sad. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: It sounds like you're saying, you know, make it a topic that's not taboo. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they otherwise people will naturally, in some cases, tiptoe. Right. When what you really want is to be like, please stop pretending like this person didn't exist. My everyday is completely different now because I lost this person in my life. I don't want to pretend like that whole section of my life didn't happen. Yeah. 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 And Joss, I love that tip. That never would have occurred to me.
2: (laughs) I just know that that's how my mom is. And so she's happy to spread any gossip you would like around.
1: (laughs) I thought of using that as like a A tool. It is a tool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And and I do think like, you know, your mom is the perfect example, as is my mom. If you say like, uh, I don't want to talk about this or I do she'll get the word out yeah um but um i think there's nothing wrong with being direct mm-hmm. and you know saying this is really emotional this this was a huge shift in my life and and um you know i'm am sad and um, mm-hmm. i'm so glad that we're all together here yeah. because it feels good to be around you and then mm-hmm it's, it's so honest, you know, and I'm big about the honest conversation. I I always advocate for that. So. Well,
0: and to me, it's an important topic because grief takes so many different forms. Somebody doesn't have to die, you know, like in the previous example of losing an engagement, that's a loss. Yeah. Right. Losing a pet is a loss. Right. Losing, mm-hmm. like having somebody move out or, or leave a relationship unexpectedly. Joss, one of the things you've talked about before is, um, <clears throat> on the podcast about how, uh, losing a best friendship affected your health, a loss of okay. loss. Somebody doesn't have to die. Right. Yeah. And, um, it's been fascinating to me because I lived in some kind of bubble for some kind of magical bubble until I was like 30. And didn't experience really any losses. My great grandmother died at a hundred years old. Wow, a hundred, and wow. then I didn't lose another family member until like thirty. Um, and then it's just been loss after loss after loss mm-hmm. because you know if you carry your grand, if you, if you have four grandparents and your husband has four grandparents, then yeah. you know at some point everybody ages out of this yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I was always that person who didn't want to say anything because I thought that that other person had like forgotten, you know, so I would never offer my sympathies. I would never say I'm thinking about you. I would never check in and be like, Hey, just want to know how you're doing. You doing okay. I'm thinking about you. Um, so thinking about how to lubricate those conversations and how to communicate with people, this would help me to talk Mm -hmm. about it or alternatively, you know, Using Joss's mom, who it sounds like, you know, like, can we hire her out like, to other families? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Or using yeah. Joss's mom to be like, I, it's too raw. This is the no topic. Mm-hmm. I'm coming. Yeah. Please don't. Please don't ask me. Can't handle it. Or,
1: that. you know, having that cousin who's always been your bud mm-hmm. say like, hey, if they bring up the engagement or, you know, can that will be like our magic word and you mm-hmm. can change the subject and we'll start mm-hmm. talking about squid game on Netflix or something like that, you know? <laughs> right. um, so, you know, to if, if it's something you want to avoid, tell someone, have some mm-hmm. allies there ready to protect you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, be honest, I'm not ready to talk about it, it's, it's too much or I need to talk about it, especially today. And uh, then we, you know, maybe we can just take a moment And then we'll move on to other subjects
0: yeah yeah awesome that was very helpful thank you right okay next one now this is a parenting question okay um so let's say you've got that relative who when you see them at holiday functions they like to tell you all the ways you're raising your kids wrong (laughs) (laughs) you're laughing because it's happened right oh yeah (laughs) of course in my case,
1: I'm, that would I'm be letting Kristen do this. In my it. case, it's my father-in-law who likes to tell me, and now my children, how they're living their life wrong. Um <laughs> and um, you know, raising your kids. And with my father-in-law, I just developed a selective deafness because there was no point in arguing with him because he would rather die than be wrong. Um, and you know, it just would make me angry. So if he said, I can't believe you vaccinated your kids, which is one of the many conversations we've had, I just ignore him and often leave the room, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm not gonna Finbar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finbar is his name. It's a curse. His name is a curse in my mouth. <laughs> um so you, you know, with my kids, I am very protective. Um I I have said things like, she knows more about it than you do, Finbar. She's a nurse, or um, you know, look at look at him. He is the picture of health. He doesn't need your advice. Um, believe it or not, we also read in this household. It gets very contentious. So for me, the um, the best thing is that selective deafness, or again, just look that person in the eye, and don't respond give them the shark eye. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to make it a conversation. If you don't want to have that conversation, you know, your children best and you're doing the best job you can raising them period. Mm.
0: I, I like that. And I would say, you know, as somebody who's practiced, um, see the tricky thing about a lot of what we're talking about is It takes practice, It does, right? It's not that you didn't know and now you know, and now you're going to be able to do it. It's that uh, we have this knee-jerk reaction to defend ourselves. Of course we do, right? Um, And certain people, you know, family members, friends, and just sometimes certain strangers like at a conference or something, they know how to needle you just right to where you jump in and you're defending yourself before you're able to go, I don't even have, who is this person? Right. I don't even need to defend myself. Um, so one thing I would tack on to that suggestion would be, like, going on Joss's, like, prepare prepare things, which is advice that you've given before, too, right? Like, write your little speech, prepare it, practice it. Um, you know, I would say, like, practice a sentence that's going to become your new knee-jerk reaction so that you at least have, like, a hot second before you jump into um, – until you reach Kristen level and you can just dead-eye somebody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've had 30 years of practice with the shark yeah, right. eyes.
1: Um, yeah, I think, and and I think it's perfectly okay to say, I'm not comfortable having this conversation with yeah. you, auntie. Yeah. I love your necklace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely come up with
2: those phrases. Like, I don't see how that's any of your business. Because that works for everything. Yeah. Um, or that's inappropriate, and I'm not going to answer that. Just yeah. come up with that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. I think. I've been known to say, thank you for your input and then do the Kristen dead eye, but I'm still at the level where I need the, because I have people in my life who will, it's not even a question. They'll say, I want you to do this thing, right? Not, will you, mm-hmm. I want you to. And so then anything you say in response is affirmation, yeah. right? Because if you say, okay, it sounds like you're saying, okay. So I've been trying to practice. Thank you for sharing your once with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredibly awkward. You know, it works like a charm. Yeah. If I can get it out. Right.
1: Right. And before it, I it,
0: defend myself,
1: it took me 50 years of my life before I was able to say certain things. Right. Like this is making me uncomfortable. I am going to leave mm-hmm. or right. um, that's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think your joke is funny.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, Making it's fun. one of those things that for a lot of us, it occurs after the fact. Yeah. Why didn't I say, right. why didn't I, you know, but it's, you know, I'm glad you're saying that it took years and years and years of practice because, you know, I'm practicing, but I still have all those moments later. I'm like, I should have just said, you know, one of the things you two talk right. about is some of these situations call people out the second it's happening, right. Mm-hmm. That hurts my feelings. That makes me uncomfortable. Don't save it for a conversation for later. Do you remember when you said, "Yes, yeah, Yeah. you know"? But it takes practice to get to the place to be able to say, "Ouch!" Right? No. Right.
1: That's none of your business.
0: That's none of your business. It does.
1: It does take practice, and it does take a certain amount of chutzpah, you know, because you're saying maybe speaking to an elder, um, someone who might mean well. Someone who has loved you all your life because we're talking about the holidays. And it doesn't mean that they can't be offensive and rude and Mm -hmm. insensitive. Mm -hmm.
0: And it doesn't mean that you don't love them just because you say, um, you know, I'm not okay with that. I don't want to talk to you about that. Right. It's none of your business. Right. And I'm also a big fan of um, leaving the room. Mm -hmm. That's a strategy I use a lot. So I'm glad that you said that because... It, it it it's it's almost like a um a halfway point, right? Because it's not quite as firm as saying no, you can't say that around me, mm-hmm. right? Which will then stop future instances. Maybe it'll at least get them used to the idea that they can't say that around right. you. Um, but it's a good halfway point. Like if you're at the beginning, just leave the room. Yeah, walk away awkwardly. You don't even have to excuse yourself. <laughs> the more awkward way is the better. Yeah. Okay. I have one more holiday scenario for you. Okay. It's also about kids, but this is a reverse situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This time you're the adult with the child who is climbing on you, pulling your hair, taking your food off your plate, throwing it across the room. These are actual things I have actually witnessed or had happen to me yeah. getting bitten. Mm-hmm. I've gotten bitten mm-hmm. before. So this this is someone else's child. Someone else's child. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that? Because there's a, it's a tricky space, right? To be like, no, to the child. Like, I'm pretty sure I've said no to certain children. I've been the first human to (laughs) utter those words to them. Right. And I was raised by, like, I have strict Polish grandparents. So sometimes it just comes out. Mm -hmm. And, but how do you, how do you navigate that when the parents are in the room? This is not a situation. They're out of the room. Nobody's watching them. Parents are in the room. You're getting
2: bitten. Go ahead, Uh, Jeff. I have said, come get your child or (laughs) held the child out to them. Here you go. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Come get your child. Come deal with your child. I don't, I don't have a lot of, I don't feel bad about doing that because I understand that, you know, children will come into someone else's house and it might be a little more difficult to keep them from doing the things they would normally do in your own house. At which point for me, I'm, you're right. I'm, it's hard to say no to the child, but I can certainly tell the parent, here you go. Come get your child. Right. I'm not comfortable. Please come get your child. And then I've gotten a thing like, oh, she really likes you. I appreciate that. Come get your child. Yeah. And it just, that's how it goes.
1: I love kids and I'm willing to take on a, a kid. I, I have a little group of children in my life. I call the unlovables. These are the kids that drive everybody else crazy. <laughs> and, and I, I have a soft spot for them. Um, so I might say to the kid, Hey, you know, Derek, I just picked that name because I don't know any child named Derek, Derek, don't, don't throw food at me. But, you know, if you want to play, let's go color or mm-hmm. something, you know, because I, I really enjoy the kids. You know, yeah, um, I I am old enough where I can say that was rude, sweetheart. Don't say that again. And if the parents hear their kid is like smushing food into my face and I say this is rude and you're not allowed to do it anymore. Um, good. Mm-hmm. You know, no parent should watch their kid abusing, biting Mm. You, you know, you would
0: think that.
1: <laughs> right. But, right.
0: you know, sometimes the parents say, did he really?
1: Yeah, he
0: did. Do I have and, to show you the mark? Right. Yeah. And,
1: you know, it, it's hard to have young children, especially at a big family gathering. Um, again, like if I were the parent, I would know. Who like go go sit on Kristen's lap. She'll yeah. tolerate you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, don't go over to Jess. Jess is, yeah. Jess is drinking yeah. Sauvignon Blanc yeah. and doesn't want yeah. to be disturbed. <laughs>
0: She's just gonna hand you back to me. I can already see it coming. Um and I remember when my children were young,
1: like how fun it was to go to a, a holiday event because there were other people who would who would want to take my kid on their hip and walk them around and and that kind of thing. Um so But I I don't think you are responsible for, you know, putting up with this kid. Collect your child. Right, right. Um, Or just say, you know, okay, Derek, um, I'm going into another room and you're staying here with your mother.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Don't follow me, kid. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and the, the thing I like about what both of you said is it goes against what the instinct I always had to fight, which was, Mel, it's not your job to parent this child you're not going to teach them in five minutes that biting is wrong. You can tell them no, and you can tell them biting is wrong, but that's ultimately not going to be the same impact as their parents stopping the biting over and over and over. Right. Um, so letting go of some of that responsibility Mm -hmm. and giving yourself permission to be the person who, hands the child back or goes and to the drinks, other room.
1: And drinks their Sauvignon Blanc. You know, that's I mean, true. we yeah. all have our priorities and know. raising I, someone else's kid or giving the five minute manners lesson is not, not yours. That's nothing. right. Yeah. Yes. And I it's not going to work anyway.
2: I do think too that Kristen has a little more ability to sort of coach your mother a child because you you're a good mom and um. you have two great kids. Um, and people sort of know that about you. So if you're saying, you know, don't smash my face with the peas, then it's okay. I think if oftentimes I'm doing it, people will I'm single, I don't have kids, so I clearly don't know what I'm doing, right? Right. Even though I would rather not have the peas smashed in my face and, and you my also
0: kids. know that it's rude.
2: I also know. That. That's true. <laughs> there yeah.
1: are certain standards here. Right? <laughs> yeah. I um I don't have a problem if someone brings a poorly behaved child into a social situation and they're running around like crazy. If it's my house, I'll say, stop, mm-hmm. no running here. Stay yeah. out of the kitchen. There's hot things in here. Um, if if I'm a guest, I just tend to, you know, either redirect because the kid just wants attention and I, mm-hmm. I feel for them or um, give them back to their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. distance yourself. Little Derek is pretty frisky right now. When he
0: meets <laughs> mommy. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, great. All right. Well, I have one final question for each of you. All okay? right. Because this is the Becoming Future You podcast and we like to think forward to what would future you yes. want you to do? All right. So this is a general question. You can answer about relationships or about your career or about anything in your life. If future you, let's say... Five years from now, you could talk to you and say, Hey, that thing you're doing, good job. That's working out well. What do you think she would tell you? Can I answer for you, Joss?
1: You can. Okay. You, you answer for each other. Okay. Okay. This is, is a future <laughs> Joss should say to current day Joss, You're handling. A lot of stress and a lot of people under stress and you're still doing a great job taking care of yourself setting boundaries and still being a caring person thank you i
2: like that
1: i appreciate that okay so i would say to kristen
2: uh from the future um start your own business (laughs) Really? You're good at so many things. I agree. I mean, a great writer, that's for sure. But you're also good at organizing my house and my office. <laughs> you're you're good at so many things. I do think you should take the time to think about starting your own business.
1: Thank you. I it's yeah. definitely a pipe dream to you know, not to leave writing behind, but to do something in addition to. Yeah. And planning you know all of that stuff mel and i have been friends for a long time and you know we were just talking before you came on just you know compartmentalizing setting goals and being accountable you know saying i will start my book this week and i have to because i told mel that i would
0: (laughs) 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 that's the effect i have on people Yeah. yeah
1: and you know being being able to have enough room, I do have plenty of time. I think that's a myth that we don't have enough time. You just have to, you have to compartmentalize it. I will i will be writing from from 8 a.m. To, to noon and then I will um, do my errands and then I will do the thing that I really, um, that's my hobby that I really enjoy and then I'll have family time. Um, it is possible. Um, it's just, I think it goes against our current societal norms of doing everything at once. And I don't have enough time in the day. I'm running in 10 different directions. And we got to rein that in because it's not good for us. Mm.
0: No. And you, you know, you, you decide where your energy is going to go. Yeah. Right. And you do have enough energy for it. You do have enough time for it, but it's a matter of prioritizing because when you prioritize the thing that's hard for people to accept is some things fall off. Mm -hmm. something that's what prioritizing is something's got to fall off the list Mm -hmm. and they're the things you don't need to do they're the things that drain you they're the things that you know should only take five minutes but for some reason take a whole hour and what where did I what what was I even doing for the last hour (laughs) right right right.
1: yeah and as a fan of Mel I do I do want to say her books are great her workshops, worksheets, you know, all those things, they're really helpful. And I've been getting your newsletter for years. Me too. And I Yay! read them every week. And I don't say that about a lot of newsletters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read yours. all Every week, there's always a good tip. Sometimes it's like, hey, Kristen, go outside and stand in the sunshine. That's all you have to do today. Mm-hmm. Five yeah. minutes. Get out of here. Yeah. 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 Um, so i appreciate you mel and thank you for having us on it was oh, fun. thank you
0: both for being here awesome i really appreciate both of you and everybody um you know enjoy the holidays we hope that you're able to navigate those challenging relationships but mostly we hope that you're able to enjoy the holidays and do things that bring you joy just a real quick follow-up kristen was talking about how She needed to start writing her book because she felt like she had to, because she had told Mel that she was going to do it. Kristen is part of a Facebook group that you can also be part of. It's the Becoming Future You with Mel Jolly Facebook group. Just search for it on Facebook and we would love to have you as a member. We'll see you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, Please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, download the free Becoming Future You Starter Guide at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start.